0: Thanks for joining us today. This podcast is brought to you by our two wonderful hostesses, Stephanie and Miranda. Special shout out to Stephen for being an amazing producer and to our outstanding advisor, Nathaniel. Thank you.
1: All right, let's get started. Um, so we have an amazing guest with us today. So why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Thanks, Miranda. My name is Marissa Miller. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the internship coordinator in Portland State University's University Career Center.
0: Awesome. How are you doing today, Marissa?
2: Uh, Killing it. Yeah, I'm great. (laughs) Thanks for asking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course. So, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, about, um, we know you're a transfer student or alumni, too, from Portland State. Can you, like, elaborate a little bit on how that whole Style, lifestyle went for
2: you? Yeah, sure. I think uh, I resonate with a lot of PSU students in that I was a quote-unquote non-traditional student in many senses of the word. Uh, I wound up at PSU. It was the fifth school that I went to uh, simply by virtue of not knowing what I wanted my major to be, not knowing where I wanted to live. Uh, I originally grew up in a small town in the Eastern Sierras in California, and then I moved to Oklahoma, and then I moved to Texas, and then I moved to Hawaii, and then I moved to Southern California, and then I finally wound up in Portland. And at all of those universities, colleges, community colleges that I transferred to, I found that I kept having to start over <laughs> because none of my credits would transfer. And so it wound up taking me almost 13 years to get my bachelor's degree, which I think is a common experience for many PSU students. So many students at PSU transfer from other places are feeling like, Uh, I've already taken all these classes. (laughs) When do I get to do the fun classes? And that was certainly my experience, um, having to continue to retake those prerequisites simply because they wouldn't transfer. And uh, by the time I wound up at PSU, I was in my late 20s. Uh, I was married. (laughs) I was working 20 hours a week, uh, taking 16 credits a quarter, because for me, my priority was trying to get to graduation as quickly as possible so I could get to that real job, right? <laughs> the one that society tells you is waiting for you as soon as you graduate. And so for me, my priority was get graduated as fast as possible, but I didn't have the luxury of not being able to work while I was in school. So I took 16 credits a quarter, <laughs> worked 20 hours a week uh, and did my best to sort of hustle <laughs> to get to that um, graduation point and uh, during my senior year at PSU I was approached by a faculty member who asked me if I might be interested in the graduate program and I laughed and said graduate school is for rich smart people (laughs) and I'm neither of those things and the faculty member said well that's not entirely the case (laughs) Um, graduate school isn't actually about intelligence as much as it is about work ethic Uh, Not to mention that it is a chance for you to really dig into something that you really enjoy, instead of continuing to take the same prerequisites over and over again, or those required courses, you get to have a little bit more say in what you dig into. and there are funding options available. And so I ended up applying for the graduate program at PSU. I got in, I did my master's degree in communication and finished in two years. And yeah, so I'm a double alum from PSU.
1: Wow, fancy. (laughs) um I was just thinking about like did you is like the your experience with school and being like a transfer student and like going from like so many different universities do you feel like that's truly like you know um helped you get to the place where you are today in regards to your career and do you feel like that influenced what you chose to do for your career
2: Absolutely. I think um, it's very rare for people to have a sort of expectation of, you know, their dream job or what their career is. And it's that one sort of singular thing through their whole life. Certainly, there are those people in the world. (laughs) And I think we could name a few of them. But commonly, that is not the experience for a lot of people, you sort of change your mind, you learn new things along the way. And all of these different experiences that you have shape who you ultimately become. And so through, A lot of these experiences going to other community colleges and universities. I, you know, changed my major several times. (laughs) I had lots of different instructors and professors and sort of picked up on things that I liked and certainly picked up on things that I didn't like, which helped to inform, you know, changing majors and things like that. Uh, But I think what I really learned was that Major is not quite as important unless it is the type of field where uh, there's a direct career path. You know what I mean? Like for engineering, you're going to be an engineer. <laughs> for accounting, you're going to be an accountant. But for something like marketing, for something like um, business development, entrepreneurship, uh, all of these more general kinds of things, there's not this very direct path from, okay, I started marketing or advertising. Now I'm going to be a marketer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's a much wider sort of pool of things that you can look into. There's content creation, there's data analysis, there's working directly with clients and account management. There's lots of different iterations of what that can look like instead of I studied engineering, now I'm going to be an engineer. And so for me, having all of these different experiences just continued to kind of shape what Uh, or I guess helped to pique my interest and helped me to pay attention to what were things that I liked, what were things that I wanted to pursue, and what were things that I kind of was over (laughs) and wanted to maybe turn away from.
0: I can definitely agree with you. I'm a marketing major and I first, I started as an accounting major, but I didn't want to be just an accountant and being like behind the screen all the time like you network but you don't network as much as an accountant you can travel but like do you like what's the point of traveling if you're not going to like do build all this community so as a marketing major and an, an advertising major that's what i wanted and then now i'm interested too in higher education collaborating that with marketing or advertisement and i feel like um like props to the people who do like engineering or like a, a public health thing that they're so focused into that. But at the same time, just like, I I personally couldn't do that. So I feel like I can totally relate to you saying like, looking at all these opportunities, all these different types of perspectives through majors, or through classes itself, um, to see what, what really you wanna do and what you don't like.
2: Definitely, and I think that the other thing that's important to think about is that you know not ragging on accounting majors or engineering majors, but it's a little bit easier to know what to look for, to know what kinds of internships to look for, to know what kinds of jobs are going to be available to you, versus when you major in something like um, you know supply chain or marketing or these things that are much more general, where you're getting excellent skills, but it's really difficult to know like okay, but now what. <laughs> Like, where do I go next with this? I'm a marketing major. I'm in a supply chain major. These other business majors who many students come into this thinking like, I want to get a good job after I graduate. Uh, so I'm going to major in business. This is kind of the, the niche or the area that I'm interested in. But then they feel stuck because they're like, well, but now what? <laughs> and so knowing that you have lots of options can both be really helpful, but also sort of daunting, right? (laughs) Where you're like, well, now what do I do? I don't know what's next.
1: I have definitely been there. I was trying to, I tried really, really hard to find an internship this summer and unfortunately it didn't really work out. I think that's honestly just because I didn't put a whole lot of time into it. I was just super, super busy. And I'm honestly kind of thankful I didn't do an internship this summer just because I have So much stuff going on anyway. I mean, I started my thesis this summer. I am gonna be the AMA president this upcoming year. So I'm planning all of that stuff. So there's so much stuff that I'm doing, and I'm kind of glad I'm not doing it on top of an internship. But I've definitely been where I'm like, hmm, how do I do this? Where do I go from here? And sometimes I really like get really like into my head and I'm like, wow, I'm gonna graduate in a year and what's gonna happen after that? Like. You know, everyone has this idea that, you know, like yeah, you said, like there's gonna instantly be a job that's gonna be offered to you right after you get that bachelor's degree. And honestly, that's not realistic, (laughs) really. So it's sometimes I'm just like, hmm, we'll 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 get there when we get there, I guess. So I feel like I just have to, you know, send a little prayer upstairs to make sure I get a job when I graduate.
2: Well, and I think that's important what you're saying, Miranda. Like having these realistic expectations about what can you actually expect when you graduate and also knowing what employers are going to expect from you when you graduate. Frankly, what employers are looking for is experience, right? And that's the catch 22 for students is, well, I've been in my classes. (laughs) How am I supposed to get experience if no one will give me experience? And that's where things like internships come in so helpful because especially for internships, employers know that you haven't done this before. If you had, you wouldn't be applying for an internship, you'd be applying for that full-time job. Internships are that bridge between classroom and career to both help like what Stephanie was saying, like, how do I know, (laughs) how do I know what's available to me, where do I spend my time, Um, I have all of these options, what should I do next? All of those kinds of things, internships help to really narrow that down for you because you can't make decisions about something that you have no idea about, right? Otherwise you're just guessing. And so that's where internships are so handy is that employers aren't necessarily looking for you to have quote unquote experience where so many students think of experience as someone paid me to do this before, right? Like I've had a job doing this thing. Employers don't think of experience that way. They think of experience as anything that's related to this thing. So, Miranda, as you're saying, I'm going to be the AMA president. I've been um, doing stuff for my thesis. All of those things also count as experience. And employers want to see that on your resume. And especially for internships, they want to see what kinds of projects have you been working on in your classes? Are you doing group projects? How are you navigating those group dynamics? During virtual learning, what kinds of tools are you using to collaborate? Are you using Google Suite? Are you using Asana? Are you using Zoom? (laughs) All of those kinds of things that, of course, you've been doing, because how else would you be completing your classes when everything's entirely remote? But you can't assume that they know that. You have to tell them that. So those are the kinds of things that they're looking for when they say, I want you to have experience, especially for those internships. They're looking for what kinds of things have you done in your classes? What kinds of projects have you been working on?
0: Definitely. I actually, I've met with you for my resume cover letter and then the way that you made it facilitate, I was like, wow, I was like, I really have all this experience, but I just keep mentioning, oh yeah, I just have class or I'm just doing a podcast. But the way that you like have to elaborate and detailly, like story tell it for employers to know. Like, hey, I'm not just I'm not just attending class. I'm doing more than class. I'm doing all the requirements and more for class. I'm for work study too. Like, oh, it's work study and it's just a student employee job. But I'm doing more. I'm practicing already for that experience, that that full time experience. So definitely, just elaborating on all those words and like storytelling it and sometimes it's just making it sound fancy too because you could just say planning but you can say facilitating to execute blah 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 and it sounds way better like that and it's just like you you're still doing it you're just making it sound more fancy and that's what employees are looking for
2: yeah and I think on that line Stephanie making it sound fancy really what you're doing is you're making it as relatable to the position that you're applying to as possible. I think the mistake that a lot of students, and that's not just limited to students, any job seeker really makes, is that they make one sort of general catch-all resume and catch-all cover letter so that it can sound as general as possible. So it's kind of like, okay, I can do a lot of things. And then they send it off to as many positions as they see, thinking the employer will read it and, sort of fill in the blanks and see the potential that they have. But employers can't do that because you were too general in what you included. And so using this, Stephanie, what you called fancy language, where what you're doing is you're speaking the language of the employer. You're taking the job description that you saw using that language to describe what you've done before, even for these things like I do a podcast in my spare time. No one pays you for that, but that's fine. (laughs) They don't care if you've been paid before or not. They just want to know what you know and how you've done it before. They really don't care if you've been paid. And the more that you can incorporate the language from the job description that you're reading into your resume, the much more likely it is that they're gonna call you for an interview. That's another common mistake that job seekers make is they will apply to as many positions as possible thinking, well, this is a numbers game. <laughs> and so as long as I apply for as many jobs as possible, I am more likely to get an interview. But that's actually incorrect because if your resume doesn't show that you've read the job description and you really understand what they're looking for and here's concrete ways that you fit that job description, they're not going to call you. It doesn't matter how many jobs you apply for. So I say, instead of applying for everything that you see, be more strategic, spend a little bit more time on those materials on the front end so that ultimately you are saving time because you're going to get a lot more phone calls for interviews.
1: I definitely was one of those people. I mean, I'm, I kind of consider myself like a younger college student just because of the fact that like, I was, I just finished my, my second year at PSU or second year in college. So, um, I, I definitely didn't know the ways of a resume until this upcoming year, where I actually felt like I knew how to make a, a decent, like not amazing resume, but a decent resume. But I was definitely at the beginning of this last academic school year, like, I was trying to find a job because I had just moved up to Portland. And I was trying to find like a job for me to actually like, you know, go in person and like, actually like leave my apartment for a reason. And um, I think I put in like, Six. I played like sixty-four jobs, and like I hadn't heard back from a single one, and I was just like, um, "I'm not a terrible like employee. Like I my my resume is not terrible. Like I do a lot. Like it's okay. I mean, it's not bad." And I was so confused. And I think I actually ended up meeting with you, Marissa. And you, the first thing you asked me was like, uh "Well, did you like specialize it to to the job?" And I was like, "Uh." no, (laughs) no, I didn't. I just, you know, have a average one. I just sent it to everybody. And, um, I think afterwards I applied to another job and had like a specific, I like read the job description and like tailored it to my, my resume to it. And after that, I actually ended up getting a phone call from that, um, the place I applied to with an interview. And I was like, Whoa, she was so right. So right. And man, I was like, mind blown. And even though I will say sometimes it's a pain in the butt to like, you know, keep tailoring your, your resume back and forth between other positions, but you know, it's definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. I would say.
2: Absolutely. And I've been there after I graduated from PSU with my bachelor's degree, I think I applied for 65 jobs and I got one interview. (laughs) So the reason why I say these things is not, from some arbitrary reason, it's from my own personal experience. I know what it's like to be a student at PSU, to feel unprepared when you graduate, to not know how to write a resume, to not know how to write a cover letter, and just throw yourself out there and try to make something happen and it can feel so discouraging when you do all the wrong things, which is why I took this job and I love meeting with students because I had that personal experience and I want to help students from doing all the things that I did wrong. So what
0: advice would you give to students looking for the internships besides that um, resume, um, coordinating it to that job description? What, what steps could they do or what event, or what what should they do to get ahead or to like maybe not guarantee that internship but at least hit that interview um, step
2: definitely so I think what many students do is initially when I say what have you been doing to look for internships or jobs because they'll tell me oh I've looked everywhere I'm like oh great where are you looking and they'll say well I googled it Because that's what we do, right? (laughs) If you want to get a good pizza in your neighborhood, you Google it. If you need your car to be repaired, you Google it. And so many students will just type into Google internships in Portland, right? (laughs) But unfortunately, that's not targeted enough or they'll go to these huge job boards like Indeed, Glassdoor, ZipRecruiter, all these huge brand name job boards that you've heard of. I think of those job boards as kind of the Amazon of job boards. Like you're gonna see a ton of stuff there, but it might not actually be that helpful (laughs) and it might not actually be good quality, right? So instead look for job boards that are more targeted to either your geographical area so that could be a job board like Mac's list here in Portland. Uh, there's a guy named Mac. It's his list. <laughs> and that is a job board that is specific to Portland and Seattle. And they work exclusively with nonprofits and B corporations. So that means that everything that you're seeing is an opportunity either here in Portland or in Seattle with a nonprofit or a B corporation. So if those are things you're interested in, look there instead of looking at Indeed. Uh, Also Handshake, that's PSU's Virtual Jobs and Internships Board. I know that many students go to Handshake and they use it once and think this thing is a piece of garbage. And frankly, (laughs) when I was a student, I had a similar experience, but I'll tell you that part of the reason why students get frustrated with Handshake is because they filter too much on their search. And What happens is they go into Handshake and they search. So for example, let's say you're a marketing major, they search for marketing internships or content creation internships or things like that. And Handshake comes back and it's like, here's five internships. And you're like, well, (laughs) I don't want any of those. You know, I'm looking for something for the fall. These are all for the summer, or these are all unpaid. This is a piece of garbage. And then you never click into it again. Here's what happens on the employer side. You selected all of these filters. You selected the specific name of what you thought the internship was called. Instead, employers are calling it something super arbitrary or generic like summer 2021 intern. <laughs> so you searched for marketing intern, but they called it summer 2021 intern or fall 2021 intern. So handshake isn't going to pull that one back for you because the title's not the same. Also, if you go in to Handshake and you select all these different filters and boxes, you're relying on the fact that employers have done the same thing. And in almost every case, they have not <laughs> because employers are super lazy. They don't want to go through all those boxes and figure out you know, who's going to be their perfect intern. They just want to get their job posted as quick as possible and get on with their day. So when you're using Handshake, Don't be very targeted in your your search for a couple of reasons. One of them is because employers aren't very targeted in what they're posting. But the second reason is for most students, you don't actually know what you're looking for. You're just guessing. So instead of guessing at what this thing is called, look through, okay, I'm going to go into Handshake. I'm going to look for internships, filter that, and then say in Portland. And at most, it's going to show you like 150 things as opposed to Indeed, which has, here's 10,000 things, right? And then when you're reading through those job titles, anytime you see something that's vague or you're not sure what it means, look through the job description. And that way it's gonna open up so many more opportunities to you. The other thing that I like about Handshake is those opportunities are specifically for PSU students. Employers have to go through and select which schools they wanna show their opportunities to. So if you're seeing that position, it's because an employer specifically selected PSU as a school they want to recruit from. So before you go anywhere else, you should always be looking at Handshake because those are employers who specifically reached out to me and said, I want a PSU student for my opportunity. And I say, great, posted to Handshake. So you can know that all of those positions that are posted in Handshake are for you. Uh, You also mentioned, you know, what are ways that students can increase their chances of getting that interview, right? So certainly looking at places that are more targeted, I mentioned places like MaxList, places like Handshake, other really underutilized resources are professional associations. For example, if you want to go into marketing, I hate to (laughs) Keep beating that on the head, but since you're both marketing majors, it seems appropriate. Uh, If you want to go into marketing, going to a professional association like, you know, Portland Marketers Chapter or an organization like Creative Mornings that has a really strong chapter in Portland. It's a free professional association, and they have a really helpful job board, not to mention a whole community of people that you can reach out to to start networking, Uh, The other really underutilized resource at PSU in particular is the alumni network you are not the first student to come through these doors <laughs> who wants to do the things that you want to do. Someone else has done it before you. So use that person's experience to your benefit. So one thing you can do is you can reach out to PSU alums and say, hey, I see that you're working uh, you know, for the city of Portland, let's say, in their communication department, specifically doing um, data analysis to inform these communication campaigns. That's something that I'm really interested in. I would love to talk to you more about how you started that. Alums from PSU are very willing to talk to current students. As long as you start with, hey, I'm a current student at PSU. I see that you graduated from here, and this is what you're doing now. I'd love to talk with you about it. I have not met an alum yet who, when I've said, are you open to informational interviews from PSU students, that they've said, nah, no thanks. (laughs) Every single time, they're like, absolutely. I would love to talk to one of your students. So looking in the right places. Looking in targeted places, looking at job boards that are more specific to either a geographic area or an industry that you're interested in, using professional associations because those professional associations very often have job boards that are targeted to that field or industry, or uh, connecting with people who are actually doing the work that you're interested in, either by way of professional association, the alumni network, or just straight reaching out to people.
0: This is all great as me being too I definitely been one of those people who filters it specifically with marketing and advertisement and I've never really thought about the titles because I've definitely seen titles or like in LinkedIn. Sometimes I've you been on LinkedIn too and then the title's completely different than what they're actual looking for. So I definitely have to go into my handshake and edit all those. Um because um I've also said that Handshake is not a good tool. I'm like, I don't even know why to keep mentioning this if it's not even a good tool. But now now I know that it's on my behalf that I need to switch up all the those filtering and see and look at the right target audience to find that internship. Um, yeah.
1: I'm definitely one as well who thinks Handshake is kind of garbage. I've been there before. And I think I'm also as well, like, I'm just putting, like, filtering a lot of things. That's, like, that's something I've definitely done. But recently, I've just, you know, I'm the one who just Googles it. Like, I'm just the one who put it in Google, like, um, fashion, um, marketing, social media, intern, blah, 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 and try to do that and just, like, find it on Indeed. And Indeed is, like. Oh, man, so discouraging, indeed, is, and so discouraging, and, like, I even, like, put my email in there, and then I'll get, like, a, a little, like, follow-up email, and I'll put it in, like, an internships label in my email, and then never hear back from them, and I was like, you know what, yeah, that's, that's probably the really big reason why I did not get an internship this summer, but yet again, I'm kind of glad I didn't, like I mentioned earlier, but, man, like, it's just, I feel like this is also like a lesson for Stephanie and I while we're doing this podcast. So this information
2: is amazing. Good. I'm glad I can help. (laughs) The other thing I was thinking of, Miranda, when you were talking was the best place to find information is on an organization's website. So if you know that you're interested in fashion or beauty or things like that, Start going straight to the organizations who you know are already doing those things and go to their websites. And on almost every single website that you see, either at the very top or the very bottom, they have a label that says jobs, careers, get involved, employment, right? Click that because so very often, not only do they have full-time positions where you're thinking, I'm still a student, I have a year or two left, I can't take a full-time job, I'm just trying to graduate, right? I get it. Instead, look for... Do they have information about internships or do they have information about part-time positions? That's another thing that I think students don't realize that they can do. You could get a part-time admin support position at a marketing firm or something like that to replace your barista job (laughs) or whatever else it is that you're doing to pay your bills. The wage will probably be comparable anyway, (laughs) but then you've already got your foot in the door at this other place where that's the industry that you ultimately want to be in anyway.
0: I definitely have used that tool. I've been like, when I was all into Nike, I was like, I want to be a Nike intern for marketing. I want to do this, I want to do that. So I would definitely always go, but like just the competition there, it would just discourage me. Like I would see like 30 applicants and within like a few hours and then, or like, oh, a full-time job or you need to have a, a master's degree already. And it's just like, I thought this was an internship for undergrad students, but okay, so it's, discouraging but i definitely do still need to look into other ones and keep looking into all that um because this summer i did apply for internships as well but i didn't try as much i was just like eh, if i get it i get it if i don't i don't i still have another year but um and like Miranda too i i just i'm glad i didn't keep looking because i'm just so busy this summer too with all these um with psu stuff in general too so i'm just like okay but like i've filtered it uh, on campus too for it to fit within my major or within like my field that i want to go into eventually i'm just like okay i'll keep working for you if you do this for me so i feel like i've also i've learned how to be an advocate for myself to be to find that job that i want eventually in the future like okay i i will continue doing this or i volunteer my job If you help me also do this extra step so I can put that on my resume later on in the future. So I feel like that's also a really helpful tip that I've just um, heard other like professional um, staff on campus say like advocate for yourself. Be that person to say, okay, yeah, I'll continue doing it, but only if you give me this as well.
2: Yeah. And I think, Stephanie, in light of, you know, I want to intern at Nike, I talk to so many students who that's their ultimate goal. And the problem with that is that you're not just competing with everyone in Portland, you're competing with every undergraduate in the entire world, right? Like, that's a company that everybody want to work, wants to work at. So, of course, it's going to be super competitive. That's one of those ones you have to be really intentional. And they do recruit from PSU, which is super helpful. And that's one that you can't be like, hmm. I want to intern for Nike this summer. It's May. I'll go ahead and put in my application because their applications close in February. <laughs> so, but at the same time, it's one of those organizations where everybody knows that they have internships every summer. All of that information lives on their website. So if you're thinking that go there now, <laughs> like whenever now is that you're listening to this, go to that website now, look to see what do they look for in applications? When are their deadlines? So that way you don't miss it. Because as you're saying, both of you, I'm so busy. I've got all this stuff going. I've got a full summer. I've got classes. <laughs> like, when am I supposed to fit this in? I totally Totally relate to that. And so if you wait until the middle of the quarter, when you're in the middle of group projects and midterms are coming and all these things, it's not going to happen. So summertime is actually a great time to start taking a look at, okay, I didn't get an internship for this summer. No problem. Start looking at where do you want to go next summer? Or where do you want to go in the fall? Where do you go in the winter? Where do you want to go in spring? The one amazing thing about the School of Business, there are many, but one amazing thing about the School of Business is that they offer a class online every quarter for you to register your internship to get credit for it. So it doesn't have to be a summer internship. You could get it any time through the school year and still get credit for it. And many employers offer internships year round. It's not just in the summer. But the other thing I want to mention is, if you know, pie in the sky, I want to intern at Nike or Adidas or Under Armour or a place like that, also start to look at, okay, I'm going to go to LinkedIn. I'm going to uh, go to Nike's profile, and I'm going to start looking at who are alums from PSU who work there and who, what department are they working in? Look for the people who are doing the kinds of things that you want to do, and then go to their profile and look at their background. Where did they intern? What other places have they worked at? Because I promise you, they haven't spent 20 years at Nike. Most most people who work there have kind of hopped around and worked at a lot of different places. So take a look at what did someone else's path to success look like and how can you cheat off of that experience? <laughs> Whether you want to talk with them or not, all this information is public. It's on LinkedIn. It's not like it's sneaky. They put it there. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't mind that you're looking at it. So go ahead and take a look at of their, you know, let's say eight year marketing career. Let's say they graduated eight years ago from PSU. Where did they intern when they were a student? Where did they work right after they graduated? What was that path that they took to get there? Because that's another way that you can look for other things that maybe aren't quite as competitive.
1: I never thought about using that, that route. I know I have definitely went to like the places or like the websites of the companies that I've want I want to work for. Um, And I guess I, I guess I kind of have taken that route, but more for like an informational interview, like, I'm going to stalk Wyden and Kennedy, and I'm going to find people who work at Wyden and Kennedy, and then I'm just going to like, you know, message them on LinkedIn and see if they want to do an informational interview with me. I've kind of went that route. Um, But I've never like, you know, like, stalked their like page and been like, oh, you went here? I I should look into that. Or like, oh wow, you did this for five years? Interesting. Like I've never kind of done that, which now makes me kind of want to stalk a bunch of people on LinkedIn, not gonna lie. I'm not sure if that's creepy or not. (laughs) I'm not sure yet.
2: I mean, it depends on what you do with the information, (laughs) whether it's creepy or not, right? But I think in most cases, exactly like you're describing, Miranda, to reach out to these folks for informational interviews. LinkedIn is incredibly helpful, but also to take a moment to look at their history and pick something from their personal history to mention when you request that informational interview. You're way more likely to get a yes when you say, hey, I see that you're working at Wyden and Kennedy, but I also see that you used to work for the state of Oregon. I'd love to talk to you more about the difference between working for a government organization versus working for a private advertising firm. They're way more likely likely to say yes to you because you did your homework versus just saying, like, hey, I'm a student looking for Wieden and Kennedy opportunities. Uh, Let me know if you have 20 minutes to chat.
0: Yeah, and that totally makes sense. Um, I, in the school business, they always do, like, informationals with, like, Adidas or Nike or Columbia and all that, and I've met, I actually met one with the, um, the Adidas one. I met, I met with them, and, well, in the session in the event session not individually, they were like super um, nice and then I connected with them afterwards. And I was just like yeah hey and they're like yeah of course whenever you are actually looking into internships so like I know you're finishing like the term, but I would definitely be more than open to talk to you so it's just um, it seems like I guess. Well, for me, it seems scary at first just reaching out to them, like saying, like, oh, what if they say no? Or, like, what if they think I'm just annoying? Or, I don't know, just something in between those lines. But really, they're always so open to just talk to you and get to know you and, like, just let, t- letting, telling their story of how they got there, too. And, yeah, so I do definitely do recommend to anybody who's listening to this um, to reach out to those, like, already existing employees that work in the company that you want to work with I will
1: say it is very intimidating reaching out to like professionals so like I know I like I put myself in like these shoes where I'm like you know I'm 20 um I am gonna graduate in a year with my bachelor's degree and this and this and this I have done this I am definitely not qualified to talk to you (laughs) and I think about that and I think about like man this is uh this is kind of hard. Like, what if I don't say things? So what if there's like a, like a, it's like not grammatically correct. The email I send you or something like that. And you pinpoint that out. You're going to think I'm like not qualified because of that. So like so many things go inside your head when you're like reaching out to an actual, like, you know, like executive or like uh, somebody who represents the company in some way, like a recruiter. And that just like, I don't know, like it's my heart pumping really, really fast. Cause like, I'm even scared of thinking about it currently. <laughs>
2: Of course. I think what you're both describing is such a a common experience, not just for students, for anybody, right, (laughs) who's reaching out. You think of all the reasons why they should say no, why you shouldn't even bother them, why it's going to be a waste of their time. Like, this is not for you. Back off. Leave them alone. Go back to your hole, right? (laughs) And I have a similar experience. But whenever I talk with employers, or when I talk with industry professionals, what they say to me is, man, if I could help someone to avoid the mistakes that I made, I would be so happy to think about it this way. If you had a high school teacher reach out to you and say, Hey, I know that you're going to PSU. I have a student who's really interested in going to PSU. Um, They're really torn about where to kind of go to school. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind, you know, chatting with them for 30 minutes or so just to share about your experience. Would you say no? Of course not. (laughs) In most cases, you're like, absolutely. I'd be happy to tell you all about it, right? employers and industry professionals feel the exact same way, especially if you reach out to people who also went to PSU. You already have something in common. You went to the same school. So being able to say, you're a PSU alum, I go to PSU, I would love to talk to you more about what your experience has been like and any advice that you might have for me as I'm just starting out in my career nine times out of 10, they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I would be happy to. And if they say no, it's not because they don't want to. It's usually because they have other things going on, right? It's like, oh, you know, COVID. (laughs) Well, there's a freaking heat wave. (laughs) Like, The world is crazy right now. If you are not getting yeses for your informational interview uh, messages that you're sending out, consider like, okay, maybe this actually isn't me. (laughs) It could just be the state of the world. But my sort of advice for when you're reaching out for informational interviews is number one, always say that you're a student. People want to help students, especially students right now. I'm talking to so many folks who are like, it has got to be so hard to go to college right now. I'm like, it is. (laughs) Please help my students. So they feel for you. So always start with, I'm a student, play the student card. And if you're about to graduate or you're a recent graduate, say, I'm a recent graduate from PSU. You can play that card for up to a year. So always start with that. I'm a student. (laughs) The second thing you ask for is like we were talking about before, mention something specific to them and their experience. So instead of asking general questions like, I eventually want to get into marketing, or I'm looking for opportunities at Widen and Kennedy or something like that, dig into their personal experience. For example, uh, the one that I gave earlier about you used to work for the County and now you're working at Widen and Kennedy. I'd love to talk to you about the difference between working in-house for a state organization versus working for, a uh, a firm like Wyden & Kennedy, would love to hear the differences. Or uh, if you, for example, are from the Portland area, but you wanna move to New York or something like that, and you notice that they did something similar, I'd love to talk to you more about how you made that transition. How did you find opportunities there as someone who is a bit of an outsider? Did you already have connections? That is a much more specific question. It gets them way more excited to wanna talk to you than if you just ask this general question like, hey, I'd love to talk to you about marketing, right? So, I'm a student, I have a specific question, essentially the only you can answer, (laughs) and then the third thing is ask for something easy. I always recommend ask for 20 minutes for that initial contact. If it goes well, This will not be the last time that you talk. (laughs) and You're kind of hoping that you're going to generate some sort of ongoing relationship with this person, Um, potentially a mentorship even. That would be the ideal, right? And it's not going to work out every time. But always go into it thinking, I'd like to talk to this person once, but I'd probably like to talk to them several times. So for that initial meeting, ask for 20 minutes. Some people will say, ask for five minutes but I feel like that's disingenuous. Like what can you really accomplish in five minutes, right? Like, hi, my name's Stephanie and I'd like a job, please. (laughs) So instead asking for 20 minutes feels like you can actually cover some ground. Like you can get some solid advice and every single time, no matter who you're speaking with or how it goes, (laughs) the final question that you ask them is not, do you have a job and can I have it? (laughs) But instead it is, is there anyone else who you know who I could benefit from talking to? Or after we've spoken today, is there anyone else who you know who you can put me in touch with? Because the thing that so many job seekers don't know is that 80% of jobs are recruited by word of mouth. That includes internships. So if you're only looking at what's posted online, you're only looking at 20% of what's available. When you're in these informational interviews with folks and you ask for connections to talk to more people, you're furthering your chances of being able to find the other 80% of opportunities. Not to mention that The scary one was reaching out to the stranger, right? (laughs) Like, I don't know you, please help me. But now this person has already vetted you, so to speak, and they're going to introduce you to people in their network who are way more likely to say yes, because now you already have someone in common. So it's that first one that's the sort of scary one, which is why I always recommend reaching out to alums because you already have something in common. It feels easier.
0: Yeah, and I never thought about it, how you put it as us students helping high school students because I've, I've definitely gotten reached out by high school teachers and they're like, hey, can you meet with so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, sure, for sure, like anything to to help. Or even current students right now too, like my freshman inquiry professor, they're like, hey, so I if somebody's going into business too, can you help them? I'm like, yeah, for sure, um, set up a meeting with them or do an email thread and I'll, like we can get something started. So I've never really realized how much people, do you want to help because i'm a person who doesn't like saying no so i'm just like yeah if i can help I'll, I'll totally help you so now you gave me a motive to reach out to people and especially with having that in common like hey we both went to we i'm currently in psu and you went to psu so help me out type of thing
1: yeah definitely i definitely 100 feel the same way and like stephanie i'm definitely somebody who like cannot say no to things or I, I guess I shouldn't say cannot, I should say, have a hard time saying no to things. Like I can't even, I don't even know how I was able to juggle everything. I was able to do this this year. Not going to lie. Like I'm like, I'm patting myself on the back for doing everything I was able to do. And um, just because I literally was not able to say no, but something we are working on, but definitely something I'm not going to be saying no to is that I cannot reach out to professionals anymore because that's not an excuse that I'm not good enough for that. I'm, I can't doubt myself anymore. And I feel like that's the, that's the biggest pill to swallow or biggest fence to climb. And I think we have, we have jumped a fence today, Stephanie. I think we have, I think we're getting places. So thank you so much, Marissa, for taking the time to talk with us, talk to us today. And this is like, just with, just this meeting itself has been super valuable for not only Stephanie and I, but it's going to be even more valuable for our audience. So we really, really appreciate um, your time and you giving us this valuable information. And also just like a super fun talk, not gonna lie. So thank you so much.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I think, you know, for me, it's all about helping students to realize that we're all in the same boat, (laughs) that when you feel like, Everyone else has this figured out. Everyone else did it right. I did it the wrong way. I'm intimidated to reach out to people. I can't apply for these jobs because I don't have the right experience. Everyone feels that way. I promise you they do. Even the people who you're looking at in your classes who are like, they have it all together. So rude, (laughs) such a show off, right? Even those folks, they feel the exact same way. And part of my approach is to make it very clear that PSU students, what you're doing matters, it's the right kind of experience, it qualifies you for all of the things that you want to do, and also a job search, including internships, all of those things, it's sequential, right? It's very unlikely that the first job that you get after you graduate is going to be your dream job, and that's the case for most people, and also it's very unlikely that your dream job right now will stay your dream job for the next five to 10 years. Because you'll start, as Stephanie was talking about, it's hard to know what to do when I haven't done anything, right? It's hard to know what to look for, where to go. So as you start doing these things, you'll learn, oh, this is something I'm interested in. I didn't know that was a job. I didn't know that was a thing I could get paid for. Or this other thing that you're like, I freaking hate that. As it turns out, like I always thought this is what I wanted to do. And then I tried it and it sucked. (laughs) And so getting these experiences is is what helps to inform your next steps you don't have to have it all figured out today and so for me it's important to help students figure out what's important to you right now and how do we get you where you want to go how do we do things that are more likely to get someone to call you for that interview or to say yes to that informational interview so that you can start capitalizing on those things.
0: Definitely, I agree. But thank you again for being here. It's been super helpful, and I can I, definitely for me. I've taking all the tips that you said. But thank you again for being here. We really enjoyed talking to you, all your helpful tips, hearing about your experience too as a double alumni. Um, yeah, thank you.
2: Of course. One last thing I wanna mention is that any student at PSU can meet with me. (laughs) You can go to the Career Center. Uh, Since I'm the internship coordinator, I'm specifically focused on internships, but we also have five career counselors who can help with all of those more ambiguous questions about what do I wanna be when I grow up? (laughs) What kind of job do I want? These are things I'm good at. How do I make money off of that? That Those are questions that are perfect for career counselors. And I also wanna mention that current students and alums from PSU have lifetime access to the Career Center. So if you're about to graduate or if you've recently graduated, you are still very welcome to the Career Center for as long as you want
0: that's good to know and knowing that i'm graduating in fall but thank you again and we're putting that in this description as well for um our listeners so they can check out and book an appointment with you but thank you again for being here
2: thanks for having me it's been great
0: hey thank you for joining us in another episode of the talk business with me podcast brought to you by our two wonderful hostesses Stephanie, and Miranda. Special shout out to Stephen for being an amazing producer and to our outstanding advisor, Nathaniel. Thank you.